I think my rabbit trumps your worm. <laughs> oh my God. Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. We have another listener requested topic, which Bob and I love. We always have lots of ideas, but we want to make sure we're answering the questions you have. So please don't hesitate to send them in. Meanwhile, we're on YouTube. We're on YouTube a lot. So if you're there, give us a like on our videos. Subscribe would be even cooler. Of course, you can always hit that bell because then you'll know when a new thing pops up. Also, if you're just the audio version only, the best thing you can do for us is give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for your help. And here we go. Josh and I were talking, what's our topic for today? And it came in. Let me, actually, it's worth, I think it's worth reading it uh, quickly to set the stage. So this came in from a lister, everyone. Uh, from Which we Jeff... love, by the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's Jeff Cadell, Cadell or Cadell, uh, with a C. And he says, hi, Bob. I'm a huge fan of you and your sidekick, click, kick, Josh Anderson. I'm not a sidekick. I, I'm, I may be embellishing here. Just okay. A little bit. Okay. No, I'm a... A big fan of the Metacast, uh, et cetera. The Agile Manifesto has four values, 12 principles. Scrum has five values, three pillars. Great stuff. Eliminated a lot of stupidity. We Agile types can hold our heads high that we're so much smarter than the old school command and control types. I don't <laughs> We try to. After about my 10th year as a Scrum Master, I felt something was missing, like a sixth Scrum value called ethics. Why didn't Jeff Sutherland and Ken Schwaber make that a sixth value did they consider it and then said nah we want the military and money grubbers to embrace scrum so let's just quietly leave out ethics would the world be better off if we also encourage developers to consider whether the stuff they're building is going to benefit society humankind the planet i think so don't pat yourself on the back just yet if you're an awesome agilist there are difficult questions we ought to be asking ourselves and asking our leaders to wrestle with I love, I love where this went. Um, about 10 years ago, I witnessed during a live company, all hands, an engineer asked the CEO, CEO of our, of our 90,000 employee company, fortune 500 company, whether we should be selling surveillance software to China. My colleague and I lost our shit. It was so uncomfortable, but that, that engineer had some courage. I'll tell you. Would you and Josh consider devoting a Metacast episode to this question? I'd love to hear what you guys discuss it. So I, I, I know that was long-winded Metacasters, but it gives you the context. Uh, Josh, why don't you go? Well, that's the just, answer that's is just our surrounding it. Certainly, yes, we will take that on. One of the things that I, I'm going to make wild assumptions here because I certainly I don't know the manifesto authors at all um i was quite young when they did their thing so who knows what was floating around in the space but i'm going to assume that they didn't think ethics needed to be declared and sometimes that's a problem that ethical people have is they assume that everybody else is going to work in an ethical way just like they are because it's like yeah that's how you should do it but unfortunately there are folks that do not choose to operate in that manner so that's my 
guess assumption on why ethics is not um, put in place within the manifesto or a scrum guide or anything like that? So I, I would say yes, and I'm guessing too. I wasn't there. They didn't invite me. Damn them, right? I don't see yeah. anyway. I'd be just sitting in the lodge drinking. You could like ride a sled down the hill. No, no, I'd be drinking in the lodge by the fireplace and, <laughs> and probably incoherent by the time they came back off the slopes. <laughs> um, I, I think it's less, so yes, what you said, but I think it's less so. I think it's the maturity of our profession. So if mm. you, if you replace doctor, physician, and, and said, oh, they're, we can trust them. They don't need they don't need any ethical. What is that? The Hippocratic Oath yeah. is an ethics statement. If you ah right, we we trust them all. They'll you know they know what to do when they cut you open and take your brain out. So uh, I I I don't know right. I, so that's a mature profession, and what they found over time is great people, well-intentioned people, but every once in a while, some people come in and having an eye. A line of sight on ethics is important uh, to share that those ethical boundaries outside with your clients is important. Uh, social work. My daughter, uh, Rhiannon, is in social work and I know social workers, uh, psychiatrists. It's, so it's not just physicians, it's folks, but social workers have a really strong connection to ethics. That doesn't mean everyone's ethical. It just means they really try to hammer home. These are our ethics. People sign off on them every year. Uh, doctors do that. There's there's portals. There's software that actually manages the ethical commitment. Mm -hmm. the, you know, they they show the ethical statements to a doctor. They make them review them every year. They make them sign off on them. Uh, the International Coaching Federation does this every every time I renew. I have to read the ethics and then sign off and literally sign and say I, you know, I can lie, but I promise that I will adhere to these ethical statements in any coaching. So I think the maturity of the discipline is a part of it. Uh, what do you think? As well as maybe well intentions. There's a couple things there as you were talking through that that jumped in my brain. Number one, those are all professions where the customer is a human. Our profession, customers are human, but not in the same way of there's work being done on slash to support that human. So there's not the direct correlation. So I see that as one thing that is a separator, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. Yeah. I just everything you listed fell into that bucket and software engineering doesn't, but it does. It's kind of weird. Uh, lastly, I don't, I don't think, I don't think putting ethics in the manifesto or the scrum guide is appropriate because I think they address a very specific thing. And yes, there are other things that need to happen within an organization to be healthy and happy and growing. But both of those statements, directives, frameworks, whatever you want to call them, are about this is how you can work effectively on a challenging problem with a group of people. Now, you could argue there's like ethical ways that you're going to work with your coworkers, but I feel like that's unsaid and maybe that's part of the problem, but 
I don't feel like ethics should be in either of those guides. I I agree with you. So I think Jeff was wrong in that. I, and I don't even know how strongly he was suggesting it. Yeah. He was just, he was using those as a backdrop, I think, right? Um, and he, now he did directly say there should be a sixth, you know, scrum principle or something like that in its ethics. Uh, I, I disagree with that view. However, you know, and it's not, it's not in those other examples, physicians, but should we should we have over time developed a a clear line of sight view of ethical behavior in our profession? And and I would say yes, as a separate document or something we develop is something we agree to. I mean, it's happening. Agile coaching is the Agile Alliance is developing a draft. Uh, agile coaching ethics statement hmm. uh, that's published. It's it's out there. I'm I'm actually going to reference some of them maybe in the Metacast today. Interesting. Uh, just and it's it's out there. Uh, I subscribe to it on my Agile Moose website. So one of the things I did, and you, I do this. I'm not putting this up as as an example, but on my Agile Moose, I I have a Bob Galen's ethical statement hmm. of of this is. You know, if I'm coaching you, this is what to expect. So confidentiality, Josh. Yeah. Right. Right. Whether we have a contract or yeah. not, whether it's stipulated in the contract or not, if you approach me for for coaching, part of my inherent basic ethics is I'm going to keep everything we say confidential. Uh, let's say the agreement, our contract expires in a year. I'm going to keep it <laughs> five years from now. No one's going to hear about it. I'm going to, unless it's, unless their name is Josh Anderson, then, then I just spill my guts to the entire world. <laughs> I, I have an exception in, in my ethical statement. That's so, fair. Um, but, but they, but I think having something like that. Now, the sad news with the Agile Alliance is not a lot of people have gotten on board with that. Uh, or, you know, if you look at the Scrum Alliance website, they do have some ethics in dealing, I think, with their clients. There are some ethical statements at the bottom of web pages. Scrum.org has a few things. Uh, but there's there's not a real consistency or a focus on ethics. That's what gets me excited is the need for that. Uh, the other thing is forget the statements. Just have the discussions in our profession. Like amongst coaches, I mean, forget what the words say. Have these have these conversations around ethical behavior and unethical behavior, right? Or unethical behavior. Uh, one of the things that I'm wrestling with in my brain, which happens a lot, by the way, um, is I get worried about trying to build silver bullets and let's make this thing the one place to get all of the answers. Yeah. yeah it's like you need that microservices approach to running a company where you have clear specific this is how we do this one thing and it's encapsulated so there's no ambiguity it's clear this is how we operationally deliver software yep this is this is clear how we operationally work as human beings and expectations and responsibilities and everything that goes along with that. So 
I get worried about mixing things that are as important as that because I don't know if they lose their bite, but it starts to muddy the water on like, okay, what are we talking about here? Like, are we talking about this and this? Cause then that opens the door for more discussions and debates and all that stuff, as opposed to like, this is how we do this. And it's clear, concise. The context is complete and everybody can go. So you're talking about the bundling. You're saying don't bundle because it, it, okay. I, I agree with that. So where do ethics belong? I don't think they belong in the Agile Manifesto. Mm -hmm. I don't think they belong in principles of the or any of the manifestos scrum i don't think they belong in the scrum guide right uh i don't think there i don't think there is a kanban guide but i don't think they belong in the kanban guide yeah um uh, i um i so, i can't now safe now scale, <laughs> scale natural framework since it is the since it is the garbage can that includes everything in the universe related to agile did i say garbage i shouldn't have said that i think then, you should have used a bigger container, container. Than just a can yeah. yeah since it's the dump truck <laughs> <laughs> so that then there should be on the safe site somewhere there's got to be ethics yeah. As, yeah as well as how to you know eat a a big mac right everything yeah, an agile big mac it should be there <laughs> okay so so we're in agreement you know yeah we don't like when that happens but it happens quite often that ethics are important but we are making a pretty clear statement that we don't believe it should be a part of the manifesto or any scrum guides i get a little nervous about agile alliance trying to bake that in because of the things that we talked about about um the bundling and then at that point like what are you getting what aren't you getting uh, I so I the, do so like not... it for for the coaches piece. Like to me, yeah, that again because that falls into that collection of I'm directly working with humans, and my goal is to improve them in some manner. However, they ask me to help do that, so I get that. But I'm not sure about from a from a framework pr- perspective. Let me really quickly give you and get ready to jot down some of the stuff if it resonates with you. But there's topic areas that the coaching ethics focus on. Mm. And and I'm I'm going to give you a real quick sort of in, index of them and see which ones you think are have more general applicability. So, so this is for your interdimensional coaches federation. No, this is this is the Agile Alliance. Oh, this, this is the Agile Alliance this, one. Okay. This is the code <clears throat> and just high, the high level table of yep. contents. Yep. So one, I commit myself to the following protecting confidentiality, intellectual property, and information security. Two, acting within my ability. Three, introspection and continuing professional development. Four navigating conflicts of interest five ensuring value in the relationship six upholding social responsibility diversity and inclusion seven agreeing on boundaries eight managing differences in status and power and nine responsibility to the profession 
I feel like most of those were a line item in a job description and not a ethical choice. So some of them are, I get, I get, but some of them. Yeah. I actually disagree. I I mean, there may be a few, no, but I, I mean, do you want to go back through them and decide which ones are in the job description and which ones, uh, I mean, we could do that. Yeah, the, I, no, uh, the, the, um, the. So protecting confidentiality. That's yeah. not in a job description. No. Acting within my ability, like not, not being too rambunctious and trying to do something I can't do. Like I'm not a brain surgeon and I'm going to, could operate on your brain. So act, acting on my, no, introspection yeah. and continuing professional. Yeah. You know, that's what no. you do. What do you? That's not. It's not in a job description. I I think for a coach to be good, that's something that they would do. Oh, I don't I'm, think that's I'm an ethical choice. I think that's like, hey, to be good at this profession, you have to check off these boxes. And I'd say at least half of those were things that I felt like to be good at the profession, those require to be checked. Not like this is an ethical choice of I'm going to do this because. If I don't, I'm evil. I think it's. I well, want to be I wouldn't good say at my job. evil. I'm, yeah, but I want to. I want to be a craftsperson. It would be like a plumber saying, you know, there's there's yeah. incompetent plumbers in the world. Yeah. Right. Right. And and then there's they could check. They could sign a sheet that says I do all of these things, and they know they don't. And then they're not ethical. They go out there and pretend that they're right. I mean, to my own. Years ago, I was doing. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say. Well, I, I will. It was ten days ago. Black and white TV, was, all that stuff. So, I, I when I was going when I was going through college, I did construction work. One of the most horrible things I did is my boss would put me in unskilled, and uh, he asked me once to go into a home. He sold a job and said, "You're going to repoint the chimney." And repointing is replacing the mortar. Mm. right because the mortar gets aged and gets soft uh and in my youthful enthusiasm i started digging out the mortar and i'm like well it's all soft so i started decomposing the chimney inside mm. this person's house uh, when i had no skill to to rebuild the chimney and and what he said is just take out half the mortar and you can replace it with new mortar and i didn't I, I couldn't get the difference and I so I I took this from this house from the roof I decomposed an entire chimney down to the third floor third floor floor uh and then I was like oh my I can't fix this yeah and and so I shouldn't have been there from jump street I should have I should have never even walked into even though my boss I should have said no I, I... I think you have some responsibility there, but I think most of it falls on that, that boss you had like a year ago. Um, I, I was trying to juggle stuff around in the driveway. I asked my then 15 year old son to back his sister's car out of the driveway. Why his sister couldn't do that is a whole nother discussion that I may have lost my temper on greatly, but we'll ignore that for now. So I said, Joshua, just back up the car. Um, and he, he got in the car. He's driven before. He was, you know, working on his temporary license and all that stuff. And he just messed up and he put it in drive and drove forward into my brand new truck 
you know, crunched the bumper. Everything was bad. He was super upset. Um, felt like he really screwed up. But in reality, and I said this to him, like, it's my fault for putting you in that position. I should not have put you in a spot where your likelihood to fail was higher than it should be. So, yes, you made a mistake, but you made a mistake. You didn't do it with malice. You were doing what I asked you right. to do, and I should not have done that. So I feel like your situation is similar. And it sounds like, again, you were trying to do the right thing. You're like, oh, well, if no, it's soft. No, no don't take oh. me off the if. Oh, off okay. the, I was also presenting myself as, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. My my boss screwed the, the pooch. My, yeah. my, it, yes. But I was presenting myself as a professional to the client. I understand. Okay. Right. They yeah. didn't. I knew I wasn't. So, and, and even your son, mm -hmm. if he had an ethical statement to say, don't do things that you're not, then he could have pushed back on you. Mm -hmm. as, right. He could say, dad, I am not right. I'm. I, I'm not I'm comfortable allowed, doing that, right? Yeah, I'm not comfortable doing that. Yeah, why? Right, I could drive, but I'm not quite comfortable with that. Yeah, and, and so you had more. So it's a bit different. But in mm -hmm. my case, yes, my boss was on the hook. But you know what? I was the face of of things. I was the I, the client thought I was a professional mason. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. And and I wasn't, and and so and I had an ethical dilemma, and I failed in that case. And all that, I I don't know if it's a helpful analogy, but that's where I think where the ethics can come in in coaching, but I think also in software development. I think some of those statements, are, we're picking at that one. Don't do something you're unskilled for, mm -hmm. right? I, I would say that's the same thing. I've done that as a developer. I've done things that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, right? they may they may have turned out. They may have been deployed. Yeah, <laughs> they they may they may have worked, but I knew in my heart that I was and 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 thus the ethics. So I so think th there's a. Ahead. I want to bounce this off you uh, because one of the things I do want to rotate to in the back half of this podcast is like like let's talk about agile examples or not agile ethical examples in real life, which you just gave one. One of the things that I am, we'll say guilty of, is having insane confidence in myself and being able to do the fake it until you make it path. And I was faking it until I made it when I first met Bob. Uh, there were things I was being asked to do that I hadn't done before, but I knew I could. And yep. might I stub my toe a little bit? Yeah. So I think that also has the potential to cross over into the example that you just gave of when, when does it become unethical for me to have done that in my past career? I, I don't have the one yeah. reaction I have is share that with your client. Yeah. One of the things I do as a coach and it's, I don't know if it's directly ethics, but to me it's, acknowledge be transparent and be vulnerable and then and then have them like i could have done that same thing with the chimney right uh yeah. and and i don't know what you know i and i should I, this is actually interesting because i didn't do that but i get i get a little bit down the chimney and i'm like you know what i'm making a mistake what i did is i kept i kept chipping away at the damn thing i was like oh it'll stop 
and it did i was yeah. and i i realized my competency in layers physically literally <laughs> right. so so that but i could have stopped at the top and talked to the client and said you know what i really don't know what i'm doing here so there's there's a chance that i'll be successful and there's a chance that i will destroy your chimney thus destroying your roof thus causing you hundred you know fifty thousand dollars worth of damage yeah or something. yeah which do you you know and do we want to get assistance in here what call is it for you and and then share that share share the risk uh, and share that versus hiding it so i think i think part of the ethics sometimes these guiding forces for us mm -hmm. and our and what are we making as soul decisions versus shared decisions you i could see a doctor doing the same thing yeah there's there's doctor decisions like that this has a a probability of success but there's also risk associated with it that yeah. how do you want to proceed right i i want to come back to the to these statements though okay. okay uh not to read them actually but where did i want what are we gonna do with them so I'm trying to find one. What they did on the website, and we can share this link, Josh. Mm -hmm. Oh, here, this is okay. So I'm going to talk about acting within my ability. Which is kind so, of what we just talked about, right? Right. So, yeah. uh, and they, what they have is they have examples because this stuff is not binary. Mm -hmm. It's not black and white. It's gray. So ethics are guardrails that are interpretive right just like we've been doing so they have you know an example so they have examples of where it's appropriate while we're being interviewed to start a position the hiring sponsor asks how your current organization the competitor approaches their agile transformations they also indicate that they want you to take an identical approach once on board uh, so how do you handle that right this is a you know do you and they say, you know, it's 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 appropriate for you to terminate the interview because you shouldn't be choosing to reveal proprietary information. What would be inappropriate in order to help a team gain a better understanding of dynamics during a retro? You leverage tools and techniques from other fields that you have been exposed to, but have no professional qualification to. So you offer vague assurances that you understand what you are doing. So you're basically lying, right? I, I know how to do this. Let me lead you through it. Why is it inappropriate to do that? Because you're levering that you are not professionally qualified. Assurances without professional qualifications is a misrepresentation. So one of the that's things a, I like... I mean, that's a, that's a gray one for me because um, I feel like innovation gets stifled. Now, the assurances part is the key word there of of perpetrating yes i know what i'm doing and so follow me yes that's an issue but to the gray part i think it's totally within reason to say hey i saw this at my last job who they did blah 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 blah, and it worked really well what do you guys think about trying that like i it's like, like and that's totally shut that down yeah so I think there's a lot of gray area. What they did is they had ethical statements. I'm not trying to nitpick the words, but then what they did is said, 
here's some examples of an appropriate application of this. Not, not, not exhaustive. And here's some examples mm -hmm. from our point of view of inappropriate. So they're trying to draw the bound some boundary conditions. I think it's it's a, I think it's actually saying if you want to do your ethics, do the same thing at least in your head. So, for example, if you're leading an agile team, uh, intellectual property. What, what I'm not going to tell you what to do, but copyright protection, intellectual mm -hmm. property. What's appropriate ethical behavior? Maintain confidentiality. What's obviously inappropriate? Sharing it with a competitor. Uh, share, sharing it without acknowledging the copyright might be an example. Okay, now you've established, so you're starting to establish the Josh Anderson ethics for your role, mm -hmm. for, for leadership roles. And you could extrapolate that to other people, but just really looking at it from a personal perspective. You were going to say something. Yeah, I just, this is all good stuff and stuff people should be thoughtful about should define their ethics kind of like what i hear you i hear a buck coming it. like yeah. yeah oh it's a big one just like in peewee's big adventure if anybody remembers that scene that's a great I, one i do when he asked the girl what's your big butt and you know and then her boyfriend's outside and her boyfriend's massive and chases poor peewee all over the place anyways gosh there's a the character from the past uh, peewee yeah. herman yeah um it, but that's still like <laughs> Oh no, he's doing a dance. For those of you that don't only get the audio, now is the time. Look at look at the minutes and seconds. Go to YouTube and go to that same time frame and watch Bob do the Pee Wee Herman dance. It's as good as you would expect. Um, I still don't think it's appropriate for the Agile Alliance to define operational norms for developers yeah i or whatever yeah i i don't think that's i don't think that is uh jeff's point yeah i mean he was right i i'm or if it was Jeff's point i'm trying to twist it to say ethics and you can disagree with this i i i think we don't talk about ethics enough in technology organizations agile organizations context enough I actually think we talk about it hardly at all. Yeah, agreed. And and I I think it would. Uh, my hypothesis is it might be useful for us to do some of the things us being professionals in companies or across front end developers if there's a group to discuss ethics, to establish ethics, uh, to talk about the gray area of ethics, uh, and. You could you we could use the Agile Alliance ethical statement for coaching as not even a model, but as an example that we could borrow some areas from. Uh, I think it's a shame that we don't do that, uh, and I wonder if that creates some of our problems. For example, product quality, lateness, like the fact that we don't have ethics that empower you to push back on an estimate. I'm giving you pressure, and you say one point. Your default answer in every backlog of five minutes, one point, one point, one point. When you know you're yeah. just trying to tell one point to please Bob and to get him to shut up and get off my back, yeah. right? And to get out of here. And it'll wash out in the end because we'll be late. We'll screw the customers. Maybe we'll go out of business. But one point, one point, one point. Just shut up. But Bob. you lived through that meeting. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to I, a... So I agree with you. I think, unfortunately, it goes even a level deeper in that there's not enough time spent establishing, discussing like pre-ethic stuff. Just like this is this is who we are. This is how we operate. Like the number of places where there's core values that are on a confluence page or up on a wall or wherever your company keeps it, but they, that's it. That's all they are. So it doesn't drive consistent behavior across the organization. There are so many engineers that I know that have very ambiguous to no description of what they're expected to do and what good looks like. So I think not only are we bad at ethics, but we're bad at even the like sub ethics part of just like, this is the context and clarity that you need to do your job. There are so many companies that whiff on that, that then expecting them to talk about ethics, holy crap, like they're, they aren't even halfway there yet, which is like, it's a double trouble problem. Is that like ethics is like practice? <laughs> are you talking about practice yes yes i am i should go get my t-shirt exactly <laughs> uh i i agree with you and it's it's one of those things we uh, uh, maybe another aspect of this is bringing the profession into agile and the bringing professionalism into agile bringing professionalism into software development i have always felt that software development lacked professional lacked craft not not holistically, but in, in many, you know, in a large percentage of organizations mm -hmm. and people, uh, down to software developers. I've, I've met a handful in my career, probably 10 to 20% of the developers I've worked with really cared about continuous improvement and continuous learning. And maybe 80% just eroded over time or yeah. didn't give the, and I looked at it as a professional responsibility. Maybe you could say an ethical response. That's the way I've always looked at it. That's the way I look at coaching mm -hmm. uh, and and my agile career. But that's that's rare. But bringing that professionalism in, and there's no guarantees. But in some disciplines, like like I talk about in physicians, in dentistry, in social work, it's not a guarantee. But the professionalism drives this this more holistic focus on what it what are our ethics, mm -hmm. and and if we define them. Let's hold ourselves to count for that, right? That's an anchor that we take seriously. Uh, and I think I think it is a missing a missing thing for yeah. us. I now the question, you know, do we need it or not? Uh, I'm I'm less bullish on putting it in the man in, in the manifesto. Yeah, uh, I'm very bullish on what the Agile Alliance is doing with Agile coaching. Yeah, I mean I'm a hundred percent behind that, and I can't tell you how many coaches don't even what they don't talk about it's not even talking about it it's it's almost like they're they're ethics free i'm not saying they're unethical but it's like we'll just figure it out right just trust us yeah you know we're we're coaches we we know what we're doing uh so i so i'm gonna dip my toe into something that may get me in trouble um because it's with me or with the audience with the audience uh because okay. it's Political-ish. Uh, uh oh. Yeah. Be, uh -oh. Be, yeah. Be careful. Be careful, Gunga did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, something that I believe 
to be true is that one of the underlying challenges ethics has is that we are a capitalist society. So businesses, people, industries are rewarded for generating the most money. And then you have folks that come in with with ethics and challenge a lot of the things that are being done to achieve the whatever has to happen to get the stock price to X, Y, and Z. Um, so I think that's a that's a headwind that our country has created for ethics and for agile coaching in that it it can be perceived as something that will slow you down. And from the current trajectory that you're on, the old you have to slow down to speed up and things like that. Um, seeing people with the patience to enable that and really allow that to happen within companies is pretty rare. And when they do, it's been successful, but so so often leaders are so hesitant to do things like that because of the capital, both, well, you know, we're and I get it, right? Like I've run businesses before where it's like, uh, okay, so how are we going to pay for this next year? And gosh, we got to start fund, fundraising again and get the Series B or the Series C or whatever it is to be able to achieve the lifelong mission. So capital drives so many things that it definitely makes it harder, not impossible, but it makes it more difficult for folks to do the ethical thing. Well, that was Jeff's, if you remember that example he gave, he talked about it during a live company all hands and engineer as the CEO of a very large company, Fortune 500 company, whether we should be selling surveillance software to China. Yeah. He did not give the answer. He did not say whether that employee had a job the next day, <laughs> right? Ex- exactly. That's that's a gnarly question, right? Yeah. And I'm, sh- you know, there's revenue on the table, uh, but ethically, should we be doing that? Right. And uh, they're a Fortune 500 company, but like, if you don't do that deal, is the company done? So then you're threatening, you know, the say it's nine thousand people instead of ninety thousand, then you're putting nine nine thousand people out of work. Um, and so then you've got to weigh that, but then, you know, there's a lot of variables there to, to weigh in and being a leader is hard because stuff like that comes up more often than you think. And that's why finding good leaders is challenging because it does take, you know, uh, courage in a lot of different ways to say no when it should be said, even though it will put you at risk. But there's the transparency this isn't disagreeing with you, Josh. There's the transparency in that case of as that CEO, just mm-hmm. being clear. You know what? So you're right. We we crossed an ethical boundary there, and we're going to withdraw from that contract. Mm-hmm. Or you're or you don't understand. We will deal. We will sell software surveillance software to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is within our ethic, whatever. So being transparent about it. Yeah. Right. Agreed. And, and, and the ethics brings up the discussion instead of having stuff happen. It's like, you know, let it surface to in the light of day. Uh, and then, and then let the employees decide, do I want to work for a company that has those ethics? Let the customers decide, let other customers outside of China decide, do I want to work? Um, uh, 
So, yeah. so, so very often the ethics, these, these ethics statements or the boundary, they're, they're not, they're invisible. And I think what the ethics statements do is they help bring, make them more transparent and then folks can make, make decisions. I, I think Stephen said something. Ethics are borderline topic like religion and politics. That's yeah. why they're not discussed. I would agree with that. Uh, they're situational. They're nuanced. They're gray. Uh, they're they're hard to deal. I mean, they're uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable right now in this episode, and it's not because I don't have my my special uh, seat pillow on. It's mm -hmm. I'm just generally uncomfortable. Yeah. I think what has to happen which is why it doesn't is it's uncomfortable and you have to be transparent and explain the why around the decisions that are made and that is uncomfortable just like bob in his chair uh in a bunch of different ways but also it's not easy to have the discussion because there's likely going to be other smart people that will present cases that disagree with the direction that's been taken. And, and it's, it's difficult again, but not impossible. And as we've said in a million different ways that transparency wins. You know, one thing I would recommend for Metacasters and I'm trying to channel you, Josh, mm -hmm. uh, because you always do it. You do a great job of trying to go to actions for the Metacasters, mm -hmm. for the listeners. I would challenge every listener to quietly grab a piece of paper, either electronic or physical, and think about your ethical. This is what I did. When I wrote down my Agile Moose ethics, I quietly sat down. I actually didn't reference anything else. And I'm like, what do I believe in? Where, where am I going to hold the line, uh, et cetera? And what are my principles? What are values that are important to me? And I, I just list, made a list, a bulleted list. And I and, and then I just kept it for a while. These are my ethics. So, for example, agile coach. Now, my lens was agile coaching, mm -hmm. but it was also leadership coaching, etc. And and one of my lenses, one of my ethics statements is I'm not going to I'm not going to divulge personal information to leaders. So, for example, if if, a, if I get invited into an organization, and I'm coaching the organization, and the people paying my bills ask me, uh, who should I hire? Who should I fire? Who needs it? Right. If they ask for performance data, I will never give it to them. I would rather walk mm -hmm. and be fired than die. But this is, this is not confidentiality. This is client confidentiality, meaning the people I'm coaching confidentiality. And that's important to me. And I actually don't care if you have that ethical statement, Josh. You're yeah. entitled. You're entitled yeah. to do what you want. But that. So what I'm challenging the the metacasters to do is to to look inside yourself and just get a sense of who are you, and what are your ethics. And I think that exercise is a valuable one for all of us. It gives us boundary conditions. It gives us importance conditions and things like that. It gives us judgment conditions. What do you? Is that a fair ask, Josh? What do you think? Yeah, because it. And it's not that it. Like it can change, so don't feel like yeah. yeah. Don't feel like you've got to like spend you know eons getting it pixel perfect. You don't because you're not gonna. But it gives everyone an anchor when difficult situations come up. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm reacting to to Stevens. Just ask ChatGPT. <laughs> that's it. I mean, like I said in the chat, like that's a total fact. 
Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> it, the um, it's an anchor, so that you're not reactive when something comes up. You've pre-thought about it. You have something in your back pocket, and you're not scrambling when a difficult situation comes up that may challenge the ethics that you have actually knowing the ethics you have is step one. So rather than trying to figure out what they are in the moment and make the right decision, that's, that's harder. That's all it is. It's just harder. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean it can't be yeah. done, but you definitely set yourself up for more success when difficult moments arise by doing what Bob is asking you to do. So we would like uh, everybody to mail those uh, three by five cards to beautiful Cary, North Carolina uh i no, knew you were gonna don't. do that don't don't don't, don't. <laughs> don't. no that no they're private it's a private exercise yeah. and i think josh and steven in the in the notes in the chat it's a key thing it's valuable to do it before before it happens and and they can change it's not just it's like a re retrospective just going through the process can give you like sort of directional clarity of where am i mm -hmm. so there's no judgment don't you don't have to share them with anyone Right. It's it's just that sort of your ethical your ethics. Now, if you want, if you're part of a team, then you could round it up to if you want, if you want to divulge that. And it doesn't even have to be the shared. It could be now what are our ethics? Mm -hmm. Right? As a leadership team, right? And everyone keeps their own personals private, but do we have any shared ethics that we want to? What are our boundary conditions? What are we going to hold us? To? What what is our true north when it comes to ethics? Amen. Fork. Are we done, done, Josh? Fork? Yeah, get that big giant fork. Hey, th then let's get out of here. All right, so from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, where the sun is shining and the birds are singing. And even more beautiful, Fuquay Verena, North Carolina, where not only the birds are singing, they are dancing. The flowers are singing as well. It's like a Disney musical here. And I've I'm got Josh rabbits. Anderson. I've got a, I've got to top you. And I've got bunnies, rabbits hopping in the lawn. I do actually. And I have worms and frolicking. I have worms, ballroom dancing with birds right now. All right, enough. <laughs> I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>